Welcome to the Soul Patch Podcast, the podcast where three American expats explore different topics related to living and working in South Korea. With a combined 50 years of living experience in Asia, there are plenty of stories to tell. So, pop in your AirPods and make yourself comfortable. It's time for the Soul Patch Podcast. Uh, Ryan, please... uh... Let's just operationally define the word budongsan for us one more time. What does budongsan mean? Because that's the, right. the theme of today's uh, podcast. So, yeah, if, you, if you're in Korea or if you're coming to visit Korea, you're going to see this written everywhere. Uh, mm-hmm. It's in um, every other street. You're going to see budongsan uh, in Hangul. And basically, this is a uh, real estate uh, broker. So if you're mm-hmm. looking for an apartment, this is where you go. You're, they're easy to identify. Every one of them looks almost identical. They have yeah. a big map of their neighborhood and they are, uh, how do you say, neighborhood specific. So a new yes. one just opened up in front of my house right, right here. Yeah. That doesn't surprise and, me. And there's probably one yeah. not far from it, uh, you know. Yeah. yeah, and each one controls like a little zone uh, of streets. And it's possible that um, a rental unit maybe listed with multiple Budongsans though. So it's not, yes. not like I should so. they have they have uh, a Budongsan agent in Korea will have relationships with lots of different building owners in that neighborhood. And right. so the the building owners are always you know letting the Budongsan know uh because the Budongsan is the middleman. Like there is you, you I have heard of people directly renting from a, a building owner, but that's very, that's very cool. rare. We're doing that here. We're yeah, now, you have to tell that story because that's 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 definitely not uh, how it usually works out. Um, usually, you have to go through a a, a budongsan, a, a real estate agent, and um, mm-hmm. they have relationships. and And so, building owners are always calling them and and you know saying like, "Hey, I've got you know two rooms available. If you find if you've got anybody, send them over to me." And you're kind of you know on Chusak, you're you're the building owners are giving gifts to the budongsan to be you know ingratiate yourself to them because they're they're the ones who are kind of they have the people you have the the apartments and that that there's a relationship there so just so people yeah it's interesting that they have to give gifts to get just the realtors in i figure that the the fees that the realtors got would be like i mean that's what they get paid is that not enough to to show people your apartment a box of pears isn't gonna hurt you know (laughs) Yeah, well, yeah, <laughs> right. Exactly. Around two um, time, you know. Yeah. I've I've had the opportunity to hunt down three different properties um, here, and in that process, I've probably seen oh, no exaggeration, probably close to fifty. Yeah. Um, in all three instances, I had a lot of time, and normally, like if I'm back in Chicago, I would not spend that amount of time. So, like per. Per place I went to find, per apartment I tried to find, I probably toured, you know, up to 20 places. Now, in Chicago, normally I wouldn't do that. Um, it just seems excessive. But the experience I had here in Seoul, it was a really good experience. And it was just kind of fun. I feel I don't know what the compensation they get or what type of uh, uh, commission they're getting. Do you know? Because yeah. you're, you're a little more with real estate. Yeah, yeah. So I believe that... Uh it's like a month's rent, it, you know? So if, if uh, let's say for example, the one room is uh, in Gyeonggi, it's a little bit cheaper, right? So you could get a one room for 350 or $400, something like that. 
uh, 300 a month. Um, with Junsei, oh, we haven't even talked about yeah, what I think Junsei. we should kind of get that out of the way first because that's just that's so important for how renting works is what what deposits are and stuff like that. Right. Let's op let's operationally define uh, Junsei and Walsei then. Uh, Junsei would be the deposit. Would you say that? No, Junsei like a, is not a deposit. No, no. But I'm sorry. Junsei... That's a it's a large deposit. It's a... Yeah, well, because deposit is is bojangum, and you'll have a bojangum. You'll have a deposit even for a wolfe, a, a rent, mm -hmm. a monthly rent apartment. But but keep in mind that for for everyone listening, like for a monthly rent apartment, you're 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 paying whatever you're paying per month, you know, a few hundred dollars, a thousand, whatever it is. But your your deposit for that is going to be like still five, ten, or more thousand dollars right? It's, right it's a lot whereas in the states what's your deposit it's gonna be like maybe first and last month's rent. first and last month's right right that's like the most they can charge you most like legally right yeah but i, I don't know legally more, but yeah it's, here it's and massive it's so much more right but i think we should back up again okay sorry but i really because i think this concept is something that um most foreigners are not familiar with yeah, so when you start talking about like there's a deposit that's really big it's thousands of dollars it's not a security deposit that your landlord controls that he's going to take out of when you, when they decide you scratch the wall or something, there is some ability. It's, it's not the same. It's not the same. So when you make a deposit here on an apartment, a really common deposit would be uh, five to 10 million won, which is about like five, 5,000 to $10,000. That's, a, that's a pretty great. small deposit. Right, exactly. And that's a small deposit. First, but yeah. when you're putting that, when you're putting down ten thousand dollars, and yeah. you're especially if you're a foreigner coming here to teach, you're like, what? That's like a quarter of my salary. What's going on here? It's scary as hell, you know. Yeah, I mean, but yeah. you can. You can. They don't have a lot of control over that. Uh, also, the amount of money that you put down as that payment is um, up to a certain dollar amount. And I hate to be quoted in this because I don't have it in front of me, like current for 2021, but it's big. It's insured by the government. So mm -hmm. when you want to go to move to another apartment, your landlord has to give that money back to you. Um, if they don't, you do have legal recourse technically. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. So anyway, this this idea that Jack was starting to describe is this difference between a say and say. Mm -hmm. So if you have a Junsei, usually this refers to an apartment where you pay zero rent. Right. So how do you pay zero rent? Well, how would you do that in Chicago? You'd own the house. That's how you right. pay zero rent. Or yeah. you have a mortgage, which is effectively you trying to build your own equity. So, you, you know, you're, you're, own, you're owning something. Here you don't, which is kind of crazy. But what yeah. you can do is you can find sometimes becoming more rare these days people uh properties where if you invest enough it's not i can't say that invest because you're it's not, not going to make any money you're you're, you're you're giving them enough cash <laughs> you're just giving them you're giving you're giving the the owner of the building that you're renting from a a massively large uh deposit essentially which yeah. which it, the, it because it's so large that you don't have to pay any rent at all. They're just, now, <laughs> what they're doing with the money, what they used to do, see, here's why Junsei is, is a dying breed. It's almost impossible to find Junsei these days. 
uh, what what every uh, uh, landlord wants now is Walse because Walse is a monthly payment, but we'll get to that a little bit later. So anyway, about 20 years ago, 15, 20 years ago, it was easier to find uh, Junse. And that was the goal is to, to save up enough money where you could plop it down, uh, you know, give it to a landlord and just say like, boom, here's a hundred thousand dollars. I'm going to live in your house for a year and I'm not going to pay any rent. Now, what you do with that money, they put it in a bank, they put it in an index fund. They more, more properties. Or yeah, they right. They might buy other, pro right, exactly. They might invest it in whatever they do, but they still owe you that 100. But yeah. it was dicey back then because you had, to, you had to do a little bit of due diligence. And if you're building, if the person that you were uh, renting from that you're going to give that Juncy money to doesn't own the building, if they have a lot of debt, that's a dangerous situation. They go bankrupt, you could lose your, your money. And yeah, so, so, so this is not a small thing, and this still exists today, and there are still Junseis you can find today. Um, and even like, okay, so this, this is a good situation where I am right now to describe mm -hmm. this. So if you're working through a Budonsan, a realtor, that they're going to um, assist you with that due diligence to ensure that the owner doesn't have any debt, they actually have to show you physically before yeah. you sign yes. uh, what their, what their uh, liabilities are and things like this. So if you're coming in here and you're not fluent in Korean and you don't have a lot of assistance on the ground um, day one, which may be the case for many people, the Budonsan is that person for you and they're going to help you through that process. So here, when I moved into this house, which is really recent, this is just two years old, um, I felt a little nervous because I was going without a realtor. So this was like word of mouth is how I found this. And it was, it's still the same property. I, the same uh, uh, process. I asked the owner, this is a house. So it's two floors, the bottom floor, where the owner lives. And then me and my girlfriend, we live up here. And so she's here all the time. It was a really cute grandma that lives downstairs and she's always drying her vegetables, making her kimchi and just got a fish hanging and stuff. It's a lovely, lovely environment. And she's a lovely person. Um, but that, but aside from that, I need to know, can I, do I feel that I can trust you because I have to tie up a lot of money. So for this place, I don't mind saying I put in 20 million won, $20,000. Yeah. Now that in okay. Seoul, that so, doesn't strike me as like ridiculous. That, that seems like crazy. a, that's a good deal. I would say in Seoul, yeah. like where, where you're located. Yeah. And for the amount of square footage I have, this is a four bedroom. It's, it's big. Um, and it's a house. We have a little gated yard and stuff. So let me, can I, can I just juxtapose that with a, a Korean friend of mine? Uh, a, a I think it's important to know, Ryan, like, I don't know if you want to say, but how much are you paying per month as well? Cause it's just saying your, your deposit doesn't really tell people much. Yeah, that I'm not because this place might get rolled again. So basically, I'm getting a sweet deal. That's all I'm going to say. Okay. <laughs> right. So, I mean, because saying 20 million a month, like, doesn't really tell us very much about the overall. But, I wasn't, I, but Kevin, I'm not trying to sell the apartment. What I was trying no, to no, talk just, about. Saying people, like, of Jack is saying that that's a good deal. Yeah. It may or may not be depending on how much you're actually paying a month. Yeah. Oh, so okay. But you're saying you get a fair. Okay. That was I, why I was introducing the, the deposit. So the reason I was introducing that was to say that I have some substantial money on the line. So it's, 20, it's about $20,000, $19,000, whatever, uh, USD, that I'm giving to this little grandma downstairs that I've never met before, right. okay? So 
what can I do to know that my money is secured beyond like, like I said, I'm insured to a certain degree by the government, but I don't want to have to go through that process. I don't want a crisis, of course. So it, it still, it is protected. But um, I asked her to see her financials on the house so I could see that she owns the house outright. So right there, that gives me an opportunity. The house is collateral. So if there was a, pro a problem, um, you know, the bank or whatever could seize the house, maybe, you know, there could be something where I would get paid back. Um, and she has no outstanding debt, zero. So I know that uh, that situation is, is pretty stable. So there are some things you do need to look into, but the, the realtor that you go through as a foreigner, if you're coming here, we're still talking to foreigners, you're going to have assistance in that category. And I would not, I mean, Jack, would you like on day one, go through like Good without, Lord, without no. uh, you find a Budong San person that speaks some English yeah. that, that, you know, um, I mean, I, I know you can't, you can't trust everybody, but I mean, for the most part, I mean, I, I think they're, they're, they're pretty, they're pretty straightforward. I mean, they're, you know, if, if they're, if they were, if they're running a con or whatever, they're not going to last, you know what I mean? So you, 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 you look around, I, I, you know, and it's also like, it doesn't hurt to, if you're new here to ask a Korean uh, professor or somebody that, you know, that you're working with or whatever to recommend a Budong San. Cause a lot of times they'll have family members who own a Budong San. It's like, Oh, my, you know, sister runs a real estate agent. Agency. Absolutely. There's so many. There's it's so a, many. Yeah. Totally I mean, every, everybody there's, you know, you, you take a test, you get a, a real estate uh, license. Uh, it's a very difficult test, but there's a process and these people have to pass this test and understand the uh, law. Um, yeah. Quite Everybody's got to get. Um, and so, you know, if they're running a scam, they're not going to, people are just going to, they're not going to last. So they, they have it. It's, you know, I, I think you find one, and they'll take you around and uh, they're, you know, they're, they're not going to try to, well, I, again, I mean, it doesn't hurt to get a little bit of help from an, uh, a native uh, Korean speaker, uh, somebody oh, who, sure. you know, can just like introduce I, you to somebody or be there with you to just talk to them a little bit and get a feeling for them because it's, uh, it's scary, but, but this is how it's done. They're going to take you to a bunch of places and you're going to find one that you really like. And then you're going to start talking about money. What's how much do I need to plop down? You know, 5,000, yeah. 10,000. Um, what am I going to pay every month? Is it 300, 400, 500? Again, you live in Seoul. You're going to pay more the farther you out, out you get. The, uh, the, you know, if you go into Gyeonggi area, it gets cheaper. Um, yeah. It depends on how, how far are you willing to commute to the place where you're working. Um, yeah, just, well, just like any city. It's, it's going to yeah. depend on. Yeah, your conveniences, how close you are to the subway stations and things like that. And so, yeah, so I mean, that, that'll that be, that's probably relative to most people's experiences. But I think to highlight the biggest difference, it's the idea that um, you can, you will need to put down a substantial amount of money in order to begin renting. And the more you put down, of course, the less your rent is. So the first two words that Jack was using was junsei, that's like, uh, abstractly you can think of it as like it's used sometimes in language among foreigners anyway as being the money that's put down and then the we'll say is the monthly rent um i'm saying is like if you translate it it basically says you're chartering it's like they use the same word for chartering an airplane 
So yeah, oh, right. if you want, right. you, could, you could say you're chartering the apartment. Right. So mm -hmm. something to not freak out about, though, if you're considering a move here and you're new to the scene, if you go through a Budonsan in one of the international neighborhoods, or really if you like Itaewon, or really if you walk into any Budonsan as a foreigner, they have this understanding that you probably are not expected, that you're not ready to drop 10 grand. And they're going to try to direct you to places that have smaller deposits. So my first apartment was through Budonsan in Itaewon. The realtor spoke English, the whole office spoke English. And I eventually put, I eventually got a place for um, 5 million down. Mm -hmm. uh, most of my friends were doing about the same. That's like a uh, one bedroom plus living room, you know, place. Uh, a quite good deal. I think it was better than what I'd pay in Chicago, um, living in Wicker Park, if anybody knows Chicago. Mm -hmm. So comparing Wicker Park to Itaewon, um, better value. And when I signed that lease, I did have the opportunity to drop it all the way to 1 million, which is a thousand bucks. So they would have taken a thousand dollar deposit only, which is probably very feasible for most people if you're uh, planning on coming over here. Uh, and the rent though would have been, I think an extra hundred bucks a month or something like this. So by putting in that extra money, I saved a hundred bucks a month. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Now, so, you know, for, for a lot of maybe our listeners that are Hagwon teachers, this is also what's happening within the Hagwon there. You don't, you're just not doing it, but they're, you know, the director of the Hagwon is giving a uh, deposit to some apartment and they're paying your monthly rent or they're mm -hmm. putting in a, a big junse. And when you're living in that apartment, that's, this is all happening. It's just that you're not involved in it. Now, if you were to, to uh, work at a Hagwon and then after a year, you decided I want to work at a university. And then the university said, you have to find your own uh, living uh, you know, space. Then you're going to have to go through this process by yourself. And so, yeah, that's a good point too. Most, yeah. uh, like Jack saying, Hogwan. So, just to recap, in case you're not listening to all the episodes, sorry. yeah, it's, it's, well, it's this language to us now. I know, I, mean, I know. Interchangeable um, Konglish. Um, but a Hogwan is a private school. So, uh, like a tutoring academy, something like this, after school classes. I mean, probably 80% of the jobs in Korea are Hogwan jobs, uh, you know, language yeah. institutes. Yeah. You know, that's where you're you going to start out. Yeah. Right. And if you do the contract, like 99% of the time comes with uh, benefits, including uh, housing. So you got you have an apartment already lined up for you. And that's what he's talking about. Mm -hmm. um, you don't have to stay there. You can negotiate that with your boss because, I mean, whatever they're paying for it, they'll take that money back. If you just like, yeah, I'll just use my salary and then they'll probably give you a salary boost or something, you go find your own place. Mm -hmm. Usually that kind of thing's negotiable. But if you're in a situation like public schools, I think it's the same yeah. thing. They public give you schools, they give you an apartment, you know, they they provide yeah, it's, it. It's so same. they're, you know, at least in uh, some of those like, uh, I don't yeah. know what we call it, epic programs or whatever, the, uh, yeah. um, they, yeah. you know, they're doing the same thing. They're found, they find a Budong San, Budong San finds an apartment, they put down the deposit, they uh, pay the monthly rent for you and if you're if you're really coming here um you know i'm trying to imagine the different types of people that are coming here if you're like a contractor or if you're a student you know if you're a student you're going to have a lot of these things set up if you're a contractor the company that you're contracting with they're going to have these things set up 
if you're fresh out of university and you want to do the ESL thing and you decide Korea is your place, yeah, the it might be it might be enticing when you see an advertisement that says, hey, it's going to give you housing. And it's like, oh, it's one more headache. I don't have to deal with it. I wouldn't write it off that that quickly. It's not that hard to find a place mm. like Craigslist. <clears throat> Craigslist exists in Seoul. It exists in Korea. So you can find roommates that are other teachers doing a similar thing. You don't have to commit to something just because it's offering you that as a perk. Um, though then again, it's, it's probably included in most, most yeah. things. So I, I, I just think like most people don't want to, it's just scary. It's scary enough moving here for the first time. It's just kind of like, uh, like I said, I think I said this in like uh, maybe 15 <clears throat> episodes ago, it's like a life in a bottle. You know what I mean? Like, uh, it's just like, you just pop oh, the yeah. cork and you're, you know, here's your house, here's your salary. Here's where the school is. Be here at 10 o'clock on Monday and yeah, uh, you're, you know, and it's just like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, everything is just done, you know, for you. And, and that's not that's not a bad way to initiate yourself to the country. You know, I mean, just like that's like, a good point. I think that's I, I, it's a really a comfortable way. Now, once you're here and you, you decide, you know, I, this is could be something more long term. You might want to find some you might want to go out and look for something that's a little bit more, uh, you know, like not because after a year of contract, you might have 10 grand. And so you could say, all right, that's that's a that's a deposit that I could put down, um, yeah. you know, on an apartment. And well, yeah, it's not just not just to have more space. It's not just so it's not just, hey, I've been here for a year. I want to lush out and have a ton more space. But after you've been living in Korea for a year and you decide you're going to stay for another year, being able to in it is investment in a way being able to put more money into your your deposit helps you roll down your rent it's a way to invest your korean won without having to flip it to usd and get it into um your ira or your stocks or whatever you want to do with your money your savings account if you want to be able to, to do something with your money here it's a really good way to go like between this apartment and my one in each day one i had a one that was supposed to be a transition for a very brief period of time but I stayed for a long time because it was just such a great value. Mm -hmm. um, I put down uh, 45 million won, $45,000. Yeah. And it reduced my rent to, I think, because we reduced once and then I stayed again. I think I, I opened at 200 and that's all bills included. There was like internet, all utilities, everything, 200 bucks because I put down $45,000. Yep. And then I think by the time I left, it was 150 bucks. I negotiated it down. In fact, they came to me asking to negotiate up and I was like, I don't have it. And I said, oh, I'll have to look for someplace else. And then it was like this weird thing where they actually knocked 50 bucks off. So <laughs> how that happened. Um, yeah. but, but picture this. So in the same, the same unit I was in, this is just a really small studio apartment, super tiny, like um, 100 square feet. I'm talking tiny. Um, like a dorm room, basically. So that same unit, if you put down five, the options, I could have put down only 5 million. But if I do that, then the rent there is $650. So if, if you think about it, you could take your savings that you make after one year. And if you can find a situation where you can even put in, maybe you don't have 45,000, maybe you have 20,000, you put in that into your deposit you're rolling down your rent. So if you're saving $200 a month on your rent, 
well, two hundred thousand dollars. Uh, sorry, two hundred thousand, two hundred dollars USD. I keep going between one and uh, dollar. So you're saving two hundred a month on rent because you invested twenty thousand. You're getting a percentage, you know. Exactly. And then, yep. Yeah. I mean, this is exactly what this is the ladder that you're. This is the ladder that that people climb now. Right now, uh, Korea is in an interesting position where a lot of young people are unable to even, uh, you know, they can't even, they can't even, uh, uh, the, the, the threshold to enter into it is, is too high. It's, it's out of their price range right now. And that, that's a, that's a, it's a yeah. social problem right now. But, but 15 years ago, when my wife and I first uh, got married, that's exactly what we found an apartment or she found an apartment. I was useless. Um, but we, we threw down, we only had like, uh, I don't know if we had, I think maybe we were able to scrape together 40 grand. And so we put, put in 40 grand, uh, as a deposit, and then we paid $400 a month of rent. And then over the next year, mm -hmm. we would just grind it. Okay. Grind, grind, grind. And we were able to knock it up to 60. And then that 400 came down to 300 and then we grinded and grinded and grinded. And we were able to add another 20 at that. So we had an $80,000 $80, deposit and our rent went down to 200 a month. And, uh, and so uh, eventually we got to a point where when we moved out to Gyeonggi, your money is worth a little bit more out here. Uh, at least it was uh, 10 or 11 years ago. We, were, we finally got to the place where we were able to slap down the Junsei, which was our ultimate goal was to, here's like 100 grand and no rent. Mm -hmm. Which to me just it just blew my mind. I just I I couldn't yeah. understand how that's a thing, you know. Uh, I it it just doesn't seem it just seems bizarre. I'm like, if you well, have a hundred thousand, why just buy you just well, buy a house? A it's, a you know? it's kind of a double edged sword though. Like like it, it goes two ways. It's like it's like I think a lot of people hearing this might think, well, that kind of sucks though. Like if you put down two hundred thousand dollars but you don't have any equity, what does that mean? Like, can you borrow against that? I think you can because it's tied into, into your deposit. So I think you can borrow cash against that. I don't do that here. Yeah. But so you do have some, you can, can leverage, I think, but it's not yours. So if that property increases in value, you're still only getting out 200. But, but, but on the other hand, yeah. you're guaranteed that 200 on the day you move out, you don't have to sell and yeah. all the repairs and everything that's not your, that's not your deal. It's not that's my deal, landmark. man. I remember yeah. our water so heater broke. Weird hybrid. Uh, in our very first apartment, our water heater broke and uh, the owner came and then the owner's mother, the harmony came and she's like, you know, you're paying for this. This is you. You know, my wife's, my wife's like, what are you talking about? We don't own this place. It's, it's your place. Your water heater broke. My water heater did not break. I don't have a water heater. You have a water heater. And so eventually uh, the, the, the owner was the daughter and she settled down the, the harmony, but the harmony was like, you know, she was really uh, hell bent on us, like paying for the, you know, their water heater. And I, I was like, that's asinine. This is your, you own this place. You know, I, I don't own this place. So that was, that's, that is one of the benefits of it. Um, I think the ultimate goal for a lot of people is to build, build, build that Junsei to the point where you can actually buy something of your own. That was the, that's the kind of Korean dream, right? It's like, okay, 
the next jump from a really, really large junsei is a deposit and then a mortgage with a bank. Um, however, mm-hmm. in Korea, you have to put down a substantial amount of, of a, a down payment to, to qualify for a mortgage loan. It's much higher than in America. I mean, the U.S. is like, you know, I mean, well, 10 years ago before the uh, financial crisis, you know, the uh, uh, subprime mortgage, it was like zero money down, you know, like uh, adjustable yeah, rate interest. Yeah, no job, no, you know, what they call them, ninja loans, you know, like no job, yeah. no income, no, you know, uh, here's a house, have two, have three. Um, and that worked out well. Uh, Korea is, you know, quite different. You, you, they're very, uh, it's, 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 a, it's a lot harder to, uh, to secure that mortgage. But once you, you own that property, then that's, I mean, it really is in Korea. If, if I were to say like, how do you build wealth in Korea? Real estate is probably uh, higher on the list in the hierarchy than let's say uh, stocks. But in America, yeah, I, think I would say it's the reverse, you know, um, mm-hmm. about, or, or equal, like investing in the stock market, or buying, uh, doing real estate, I, I think both are, are ways to generate wealth. Like, you know, buying a house is a way to generate wealth in America. Um, but also I think that uh, investing in the stock market is another way that people um, have success. I think here it's a little bit riskier. So people really like the real estate. That's, that seems to be yeah. where they gravitate towards. Um, and, and when you think about the, that concept of the bigger deposit you put in, the lower your rent is, you're in that situation, you're one, you're not speculating, right? You're not, you're, you know exactly what you laid out and you know exactly what you're getting. So that's a guarantee. And you're getting that benefit every month because your rent is knocked down every month. So you can see how that's pretty enticing. Um, I once did the math on that little place I had, which was in uh, Songdo next to our university. Um, so in Dongjaku, anybody knows Seoul, you're looking at a map. Um, it, they had a lot of new, the place I moved in, I was the first person to live in that building. So it was all brand new. Um, those, oh, why am I talking about the, the value? That wasn't my point. The, the percent the percent you're getting based on what you put in. So like I had 45 uh, million I put in, $45,000 roughly. I always keep saying dollars, it's easier. Um, I think originally I had looked at the contract putting in 30 and then I went up. There, there was like every, every like 10 grand I threw into this thing, they knocked off like a hundred bucks. Yeah, there was some equation same there. for us. Yeah, that, our first yeah. place. Yeah. Yeah, and it'll be different depending where you are and what type of property you have here. Um, we had talked about changing it after the first year, but like I said, she, the owner I think is like 86. Uh, she's very old and she benefits more from monthly rent than, than anything. Well, and here's so, the thing is uh, like 15 years ago, 20 years ago, when uh, if when you, uh, Junsei was much more attractive because the interest rate at banks was much higher. It, is, yes. it has gone yeah. down and down and down and down to the point where Junsei is basically dead, to be honest. I mean, uh, what landlords want now is Walsei. They want the monthly uh, rental yeah. payments because it's more lucrative than just putting putting in the bank, you get nothing. 
you know there's yeah. just no uh the interest yeah. is just too low um i but ran into the, uh sorry go oh, ahead no 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 please um I, I just remember having a conversation with a, a professor a professor that used to work at our university and he told me now i this sounds uh, uh too good to be true but he said uh s- some of the interest rates at banks at that time was over 10 percent uh you know 20 years ago does that seem feasible to me i mean that just seems like um impossible but um well, if, you go, if you go back to the u.s and what is it the was it the 80s mm-hmm. um where you know interest rates you didn't have to invest anything just put in your savings account yeah i think people are like eight nine percent right i mean this was happening i guess probably uh prior to the imf crisis in korea when the economy collapsed but before that i think people were were getting uh just putting in the bank you could get you know, it was worth it. You know, just give me the big uh, uh, payment. I'll put it in the bank. I'll collect the interest. You don't have to pay rent. It was a very, you know, quid pro quo, you know, kind of nice agreement, you know, like uh, uh, the uh, uh, current, you know, slowly over time, that's really, it's really kind of disappeared. And so I'll give you an example of like what a junsei is uh, today. Uh, I ran, I I have a friend, uh, a Korean professor friend, and uh, he just told me that uh, in Boondong, uh, for his apartment, his junsei is half a million dollars. Half a million dollars. That's yeah. what his junsei is. I mean, that I, I just I just don't think I could even fathom that as an American, having not lived over here. I, I it doesn't shock me as much. But uh, I, I remember uh, again, like uh, about nineteen years ago. Uh, there was, I had a, a friend from Ireland and he and his wife got an apartment and he told me that their uh, junsei was $70,000. And that number just blew my mind. Like I'd never, you know, I'd never seen, I'm from White Bear Lake, Minnesota. I'm, I'm from the Midwest, you know, $70,000. What, what, who has that line around? I'm sure there were, but I mean, it's just, uh, you know, I'm from middle-class family. So that just seemed like such an absurd amount of money to me. Um, but, uh, having lived here for a while, like when you're talking about like, oh, I plopped down 45,000, uh, 50,000. I mean, these are huge numbers it, still, I think. Yeah. It's, it's a big number for, for something you don't own. That's mm-hmm. what's weird about it. Right. And it, it yeah. took me many years before I was comfortable doing that. Why didn't I do that when I arrived here? It's just, I'm not comfortable giving a landlord, even my, my first deposit was five grand. I'm like, you guys serious? Is that what we're doing here? And it's everybody's like, yeah, that's the game, dude. And I'm like, yeah. all right, like, there you Am go. I see that again? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. What's your, what's your name? Come back here. But, yeah. but after becoming familiar with the system, I realized that I was kind of shooting myself in the foot. It's like, here I am stacking up savings and, um, oh, that's what I was going to say. Uh, so for the individual, if you're looking at, uh, using, this system as a basic investment for return on your cash, it'll be different depending on where you are in the city or where you are in the country, what type of property. But in that place, which was a studio apartment, so I'm trying to picture it, it's a brand new, so it's nice because it's new, but it's cheap because it's small. In that place, I had worked it out, it was about a little less than 6% you're making off of what you had. Now, of course, you're not comp- you're not com- compounding it unless you're doing anything with that that cash you're saving. Which then, you know, you could take out, and if you're an American or whatever, you could, you know, split it back off to you know your Roth IRA back home or um, 
whatever investments you have um, or use it for whatever you want. Go to ETH. So you're not, you're not compounding. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But, but at, in that moment, so you're getting, I think it was, it was like just shy of 6%. So it's not bad. No. Um, Consider that to get the money out of here. um, Even with the best means, you're still going to get Nick's, uh on exchange rates um transfer fees and then whatever fees it, it is to get your money into whatever brokerage you have or maybe there isn't one for you whatever you know and then you look at like an, an average of you know what can we hope for these days you know um so I, I think it's a viable thing even if you don't have uh even if you're just coming over here as a teacher you're gonna be here for more than one year mm-hmm. I, I would suggest like you know, if you can scrape together an extra 10 grand somehow in that first year, the next year, you could be saving um, money per month if you can find a way to apply it, which would be finding one of these one of these places that allows you to put a bigger amount of money down. But as Jack was saying, it's they're kind of disappearing a little bit. It is kind of disappearing. Um, yeah, I, I, uh, I think that just just based on the fact that the interest rates in banks are so low um, that uh putting in the bank is just not going to be as, as lucrative for the landlord as collecting the, the monthly rent. Um, but you know, you're, you're the farther out you get, you, if you're willing to live in Gyeonggi province instead of Seoul, or you're outside of Seoul in uh, you're going to find much lower deposits, you know? So like you could, you could put down one or $2,000 and, uh, and then pay, you know, two, two fifty or 300 a month for a one room apartment. That's definitely possible. So you're going to get much better deals the farther out you go. And uh, that's, uh, you know, so just remember, Seoul is a, a little bit of an enigma. You know, it, it doesn't translate to the entire country. You can get much, much better deals uh, outside of Seoul. So, uh, yeah. And if, if your purpose is just for working, if you're not looking for like a regular nightly social life and things you got to be doing all the time, Living outside of the city is not that big of a deal because transportation here is pretty awesome. Like one of our uh, coworkers who had worked at the Ansung campus, we have a satellite campus that's south of the city. It's in a different city. He had worked there, went back to England, and then came back. And when he came back, he, he changed to the Stoll campus. So he's working at the Seoul campus. He still decided to live in, in Ansan. Mm-hmm. So he's outside the city by a good distance, but he can manage it because there's buses, there's, you know, trains and stuff. I think he lives about five minutes away from my house. And I, oh, that's I you're at, I'm, yeah. I'm like 10 minutes away from my job. He works at the Seoul yeah. campus. He's like, that's a two hour, <laughs> you know, one way. One way trip, walking but- distance. Yeah, I mean, but you just hop on the bus and then the, the inner city bus, you know, takes you right down into the uh, express bus terminal and you're, uh, you know, you're on your way to uh, uh, and the Seoul campus. It's not it's not a big deal. I, I think um, uh, I think some I think you get more for your buck. You get more bang for your buck the farther away you're willing to commute. And uh, mm. and so for some people, uh, if you're especially if you're like a nester, you know, if you just if you're really a kind of a homebody and you want to live in somewhere with a little bit more space and more comfort, um, there are you know Suwon is not that far. Uh, Anyang, I mean these are areas that are 
Uh, I think Suwon, you take the train. That's like one hour. Not yeah, like you could take minutes. the train right to you know the center of, of Seoul. You know uh, Seoul Station. You know, I mean, it, it takes you yeah, know, half an hour or something. Just rest, take a yeah. rest. You know, listen you know, to when you compare podcast. that to yeah. when you compare that to getting around in other cities. And you know, I, when I left Chicago, it was many years ago, but and I've I've heard that they've improved their uh, transit system. I mm. honestly, I haven't been back. Since, I don't think I've been down to Chicago since like. 2014 maybe 2013 it's been a long long time but when I was living there as a grad student and working um shortly thereafter and before was around uh 2000 was it six seven eight like that no 2005 six seven whatever back then I was living in the Wicker Park area going from uh, I was actually in in Logan I'm saying Wicker Park because more people are familiar with it um i've heard of that i haven't heard of the other yeah you weren't in uh, caprini green were you i heard of no no (laughs) though i hear that's actually supposed to be nicer i know i i think they uh uh, yeah 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 so i so people that don't know chicago let's just make it simple i I lived north of city center my university was loyola uh the graduate campus which is city center in the loop and then i was a bartender um and I was working on the west side so I had this triangle that I just ran around the city and each one of those legs I just always budgeted it's an hour to get anywhere that's just how Chicago works it takes you an hour how long to get to work hour from from work to my office on campus one hour from campus to home it's one hour that's just what it is yeah in in Seoul I have a similar kind of feeling I can say that but it's going to push me so much further like in an hour, I can really, you know, you can get somewhere. Really yeah. 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 So yeah. you don't have to be like in the middle. Like if you want to, if you want to, you know, go to Seoul and enjoy Seoul, you could live in Incheon. It'd be easy. Incheon's got a line, line number one shoots right into the center of Seoul. They have, uh, they have fast trains that skip uh, stations so that they get you there faster um so there's a lot of uh it you you don't have to live in seoul it's not a it's not an absolute necessary even if you want to spend time in seoul and enjoy it you don't have to live there yeah it depends it depends how involved you want to get with um i would say instead of looking at areas to live based on just the cost of rent i would look i mean the city is so massive like uh, one of my buddies, I was on a bike, little bike trip with, and we got caught out in the rain and we looked on, on our phone apps and it says it's not raining in Seoul. And then we realized that the weather app was actually, the, the city's so big, it has different weather, you know, like right. that, yeah. that's how, it's, it's a massive, <laughs> massive city. I would suggest look at neighborhoods and learn which neighborhood you want to live in. So the city, just like any city, it's all divvied up. Think about New York City. New York City is an easy example because everybody knows the boroughs. Um, and within each borough, you have neighborhoods. So you can you can apply the same thing here. Absolutely. Um, a lot of foreigners coming in, they're like, I got to live in Itaewon. Well, if you do want to hang out with a lot of other foreigners, I mean, maybe that's your jam. Like, and maybe like jamming is your jam. Maybe you like music. And it's going to be much easier to find foreigners to play music with than other Koreans initially. And maybe even always, because most foreigners have a lot more free time. Uh, in general and uh, of course language and things if you first arrive so if you want to get involved with playing music 
and you're like a 25 year old person just arriving in, in Korea, you're gonna wanna live in Itaewon. You'll, you'll be hooking up with, with people to play music with like that. And you're gonna be able to like hang out every night directly, you know, be a, a walking distance from your home to your friend's home like this. But if that's not your priority, if it's like what Jack's saying, it's like, if you just want to, if you still want to be in Seoul every weekend, just to hang out, if you want to enjoy the cafes, the bars and the clubs and whatnot, um, the tourism, whatever. Yeah, absolutely. You can mm -hmm. commute it. And I know other people that have, have done this. And I think it's more teachers that I've known that have lived here for longer periods of time live at greater distances from their workplace, right. which doesn't make sense. You think you would move closer as time goes on. Yeah. But it seems but to be kind of the opposite. The farther you kind of radiate out, the better deals you find. You know, you just find yeah. that. And and there are, you know, sometimes it's nice to live in a quiet neighborhood and then go mm -hmm. into the go into the madness and then come back out. Um, yeah. Did we uh, did we lose Kevin? Uh, Kev, are you? Uh... I'm I'm here listening. Oh man. Okay. Uh, I was just wondering if you had. Uh, any opinions about uh, you know location or whatever? Uh, you said you're yeah living out living out a little bit is, is definitely nice. I like the quiet. Yeah, yeah. Uh, how, yeah how, how long have you been out there? Like seven years at this point, about. And we're still I'm still in Seoul, of course. Yeah, you're like right on the edge, though, right? Like you're you're north, like northeast ish, just slightly east, but mostly north, right? Uh, yeah, pretty much. And you're on the end of the train line or the second to last of one of the... Oh, yeah, one of the lines, of line six. I'm on, like, the, that's the Itaewon line, actually. So it cuts right through the middle of the city. Oh, um, yeah. And so for, we're just for about Kevin, at the end of that line. Kevin's way out, but how long does it take you to get to Itaewon? To Itaewon, um, 40 minutes from home. Was that 40 minutes? 45 yeah, minutes? about. Yeah, so so check this out. Where he lives, he's got mountains. Like, I mean, I've got Namsan behind me, but that's not a mountain. I mean, by Kevin, you have like mountain mountains. Yeah, I mean, there's mountains all around the city. There's mountains in the middle of the city, just about as well. Seoul's crazy for mountains. Yeah, yeah. like uh, what? What's your? What was your your history though? With like, uh, you you know, you started at Hagwon. So did they just mm. have a apartment set up for you? Like you just moved in? Yep. Yeah, okay. they just gave me one. I just showed up on day one. They picked me up and they're like, here's your apartment. I was like, cool. And what about when you switched to university? Did you, was it, was like the, uh, it was your responsibility? No, they gave to me an apartment. Place? They gave, they you gave an me apartment? an apartment as well. My, my first time there. Yeah, they actually asked me. I remember in the communique, they were like, have you got 50 million to put down? And I was like, is that right? Are they really asking me if I've got 50 million? Because of course I don't have that. Um, uh, but then they, I was like, no. And they were like, okay, don't worry about it. And then they just ended up covering it. So that was, that was just all, they, they covered that for me as well. What, what was the first time I that you had to, Chunang. oh, I'm sorry. What, when was the first time yeah. you had to like sort yourself out though? It was when I moved to Chungang. It's when okay. I moved into Seoul. That's and when I had to get my own place. What was your what was the process though? Did you use a budong san to no? I had some friends that wanted a roommate, and so I, I went and I did the whole roommate thing for, for a little while again, um, in uh, the Itaewon area. Uh, now did you have to sign a contract or was it like you paid them and then their, their name was on the contract? No, I think I did. It was you know a long time ago, of course, I don't remember exactly. I'm pretty sure I did have an official contract. I think it was me and, and the roommate I moved in with, we moved in at the same time. And I'm pretty sure it was just like we signed our own contracts for that. 
and there I think we put very little down on in in deposit, um, and we were paying mostly just monthly rent because it was like right in the center of it was a really nice place in Itaewon actually. It was really cool. Oh, nice. Uh, like do you, yeah, how, how, uh, I guess another word that we could we haven't talked about is Pyong. Pyong is like uh, uh, is how they measure it's the square apartments. footage. Yeah. What what is a what is one by one Pyong? It did. Well, I know, know I know I know six Pyong. Like five and a half Pyong is like roughly a hundred square feet. But here here's a warning for you if you, if you're again coming from abroad. Um, there's a few words that are used interchangeably that don't mean the same thing. So like, for example, the difference between like what you'd call a studio or a one room, uh, it can imply different things depending on your interpretation of that. So also with square footage, um, if someone tells you that it's going to be like, hey, this is 13 Pyong and you type that into Google and you get square footage and you're like, hey, that looks pretty good they may or may not be including the bathroom, the balcony, like some spaces that are like marginally use, uh, usable. The, par the parking that was my space? In many places. Yeah, the parking, <laughs> I never got the parking <laughs> space included in, in the floor plan, but I definitely had this experience where it was like, depending on who I'm talking to, they're they're like just cutting off the bathroom or they're, they're adding the bathroom or like this. And yeah, yeah they play numbers with those those games. Uh, Kev, did, was your place in Itaewon, did you guys have like a two bedroom? Was it, uh, uh... it was like two and a half bedroom actually. Um, oh, nice. So yeah, uh, it was two and a half bed and we had just one bathroom, of course. Um, and yeah, it was, it was definitely nice. We had our nice rooftop and everything to hang out on. Um, but it was not cheap. Per, I bet per it's month. totally we paying... unaffordable now though, yeah. right? Like it would be. Oh, well, actually the last time I went through Itaewon and walked through that building, just because I was curious, that building is gone. There's a whole new building there, but uh, I'm sure it would be unaffordable even if it was still there. Yeah. Okay. Um, although Itaewon like has gone down quite a bit recently, like a couple of years ago, yeah. it was crazy expensive. And then just in the last couple of years, it's gotten down to cheap again. Not, not that I've been there in a while, but yeah, the, the, the prices the, are tanked. I didn't know the that. The hip area has been kind of like evolving. Um, what do you say, west from from Itaewon? So I wasn't here, but my general understanding was prior to when I lived here. So in like when, when Jack, when you were here, Itaewon proper, like where the Itaewon station is, Itaewon Strip, that was like the foreigner hangout, which is based on like it's a dirty, dirty. It was fantastic. It was great. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and then leading out of Itaewon, it goes towards Noksa Pyeong station and that forks into two different uh, hill roads that go up uh, towards Namsan, which is the center mountain on every map that you can find a really tiny, but very central mountain. And these two little legs that stick up, one is called Kyongnidan, and the other one um, you're going to hear more commonly called HBC, but it's called HBC by most foreigners. Kyongnidan, when I moved there, it was called Veggie Hill. It was Veggie Hill, like vegetables. Yeah, because I guess that's where maybe they had a lot of markets and stuff. There's no markets anymore. Now it's all, you know, $8 Americanos. So yeah, when I moved yeah. there, when I moved there, it was before that transition. We still had the market there. And it was... It was reasonable, but it was getting like gentrified. And now the new shift is the neighborhood I'm in now. Um, and fortunately, like I said, I found a, a deal here, which 
is great. There's still, there's still plenty of deals in this area, but this is sort of uh, where you're seeing more of like the newest cafes and restaurants and the hipster invasion has started basically is what I'm saying. So I'm, yeah. I'm in Huam in front of uh, Seoul station. So it's just kind of like, you were there before it was cool. Yeah. Yeah. Twice. It's like, twice. It's like Brooklyn or something like, like the, yeah, I'm going to be in, I'll be in like Incheon by the time I leave this country, <laughs> but uh, it's, it's actually kind of nice being on that edge because um, for purposes of, of this house, we got a good deal. And then just really quickly, it's just like new restaurant, new restaurant, new cafe, you know, still the average age in this neighborhood is like 60. It's still a very geriatric hood <laughs> for, for now, but it, it's changing. Like I used yeah. to be the foreigner here. Like if you go outside, I mean, I, I'm, I'm the white yeah. guy, like in, in this whole, this whole neighborhood, not anymore. Now, now I see, I see foreigners here. So it's, it's changing a bit. And you, and sometimes if I'm on the patio, I, if I'm, uh, you know, people are walking down the market, I'll hear English um, okay. or, or uh, Chinese. I think there's some Chinese people living in the next building, like not just like a, a person. I think there's like a little community of people that are, are from China. So it's, it's evolving here again. So do a little research. If you're looking for um, a place, don't just base it on your economy. Like it's cool if you want to save a buck and live out in the sticks, but there's a lot of different sticks, even yeah. that, you know. Um, would you guys would you guys recommend roommate situation? Like, do you have any? Uh, do you guys have any horror stories? Like, uh, know you know, roommates. any roommate horror stories or landlord horror stories? I mean, I would like say that? roommates. It's the same living in the states or living here. If you want to like roommates, it's nice living alone. Roommates make things cheaper, and it's a little bit more fun to have somebody to bullshit with. But yeah. Yeah, yeah it's, it's really personal on, on if you want a roommate or not. It worked for me for a little while. I think I would have liked it. A lot of my friends, when I came here, they they had roommates. Um, a couple of my friends had no leases. They were like, they were just, you know, crashing in a room. Some other people had a house. You know, like it's pretty common on like HBC. A lot of those like uh, red brick jobs, they'll have like three bedroom. Um and two two people can afford it, and yeah, you just sublet that room. And uh, yeah, I mean, early days, I knew some people are freelancing here, doing really just about anything, from translation work to I don't know, um, illegal, just cash jobs. <laughs> right. You know, yeah, it, yeah it, you can Bounce you can find uh, other other pirates looking for you know. <laughs> for a roommate so no deposit just pay the monthly i i had a uh i had a friend uh a guy that i taught with and then i i left and i came back to korea and he had like this like open uh living room and this guy was living in his house he was uh renting it but there was no room so this guy built a he put a two uh bookshelves like in a kind of uh, spaced them apart and was like living mm. in this like closet where he had like a, a kind of a drape uh, as a door. And these two bookcases were was he just basically squatting? What, what's that? <laughs> Is he just squatting? Did he just found it? Found well, it he was paying a... he was paying a little oh. bit of rent to my friend, but my friend was was renting <laughs> uh -huh. this this nice. bit. This it's pretty big apartment. It's kind of like what you're describing in, in uh, Itaewon. 
Like it was a, mm. a kind of a it had a, a big patio outside and it was like a it was yeah, a villa. Stone, yeah, it wasn't yeah. a big, you know, a, apartment complex, but it was a villa. Uh, villa is like, well, how would you describe a villa? Like a three story building, basically three or four story building. Yeah, less than five. Yeah. yeah. That in Korea, they call those villas. Um, they tend to be a little bit older than the, uh, you know, big, uh, massive apartment complexes, the, you know, 15 story edifices, you know, those are, are, uh, very quite new usually. Um, yeah, but it was, you see all kinds of, there's weird, a big trend know. for, for people moving. Like a lot of people prefer those big apartments. Korean people at least prefer those big apartments. I like the villas a lot more because like you've got roof access. They're generally like family owned or something like they're a little bit more. They've got a yeah, little bit more um, character more feeling to them. Yeah, yeah, character to them. Um, but apartments, they're becoming more and more popular. People don't like living in the villas because the the apartments, even though when you live in those the villas, like it's still you know taken care of by the owner of the apartment and everything or else the, the building, the apartments just everything is completely taken care of by this big company that owns everything. So it's a lot less stress. So people are like, I'd rather live in a you know 20, 30 story apartment. Yeah, we there's haven't no well, character. There's nothing there. We haven't it's, talked. It's comfortable. About- it's easy. We haven't talked about what that big place is called. We skipped the whole term here. What's office the... tell. Office oh, the tell. Office we haven't talked about office tell. Right. Yeah, that was the first place I lived in Korea ever in Busan. I lived in an office tell. If you're single and, and you want to live like by yourself, the office tell is the best. I think those are those kick ass. I love those things. Uh, d- describe an office tell. Like, what? How would you describe it? Well, I mean, it's it's uh, you can see it's the two words, right? office, hotel, maybe. So um, these exist if you are, let's say you're Korean and you're living in, you're living in Daegu or something, you know, you're in the middle of the country somewhere and you have a family, you have a house, a property, uh, but maybe for temporary time, you need uh, an office space in Seoul because that's where all the business is t- being taken care of. So maybe five days a week you go to Seoul and you need to live in Seoul because you're working in Seoul. And then on the weekends you're with your family like this. Um, that's, I think, a common case for a lot of office tiles. So these are extremely efficient. You're going to have um, a really tiny built-in laundry machine. Your kitchen will be like two little induction burners, maybe one. Uh, everything modern nice new just like jack said everything is taken care of usually a loft uh, with a, a, a yeah. bed like a like it's about like uh four feet high you can't stand up in it but you can sleep yeah. up there so, so you have so the bottom floors like all open it's yeah it's a very cool. extreme efficient efficient kind of futuristic looking most of them are uh the utilities are going to be way better than living in a villa villas these villas that we're talking about um that you would find like in the itaewon area they're these old buildings. They're going to be lots of character, lots of square footage, and a lot of leaky windows. Um, you'll end up paying, you know, a couple hundred bucks for heating it uh, every month. But in an office tell, usually you're going to have all these things bundled. It's just basically with the price. Mm-hmm. Um, the deposits will be smaller, as far as I understand. Uh, you're less likely to have like a, a large, I don't think there's any junsays for office tells. And the office tell, like one of the best things about it is the first, the first floor and the second floor are most likely going to be just businesses. So there might be like a doctor's clinic, there might be a pharmacy, there are restaurants, yeah. there are, I mean, all you know, dry cleaners, like everything you could want is oh, like yeah, right that's a good there, point. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So like, so yeah, the building I was in was 22 floors and I was on the 21st. 
Uh, so I was way up on top. That was really nice. So one thing that was nice, I had an ocean view. I was in Hyundai, beautiful view of the beach. Oh, wow. Opposite on Hyundai, yeah. That's yeah, it was really cool. But it also wasn't very cool because like, if I want to go running, getting out of the building's a pain in the ass. Like, you know, <laughs> yeah, if you want to bring yeah. your groceries, like it's, it's a, you're really disconnected from the ground is what I'm saying. Whereas with a villa like here, I mean, my, my house is, this is a house, but it's kind of a villa. I got a little uh, concrete patio and we had dinner on the patio tonight, you know? Yeah. So we're sitting in the patio, enjoying dinner. We've got the market, the lights, you know, everything. It's, it's beautiful. I have my garden and stuff, but yeah. in the office tell you're probably paying about the same amount getting half the area, but tons more efficiency. Uh, and like what Jack was about to say is the bottom floors, maybe like not even just the bottom, but like bottom two or maybe even three, there'll be the restaurants, your um, 7-Eleven, like it's just, it's all made for convenience. And you could order food and they're just up there in a second. You know, they just hop in the elevator, bring your food, deliver it to your, in front of yeah. your door. I mean, it's fantastic. So I, I would say like, like higher, like you'd start with the villa, and uh you know the, the one room and then you you know the office towel is kind of the next step and then the the family where families live in korea would be apartments uh they yeah. you know apata right is that the does that seem like the i don't know the the trajectory the or whatever yeah like uh um, i might go office tell to, to villa i get the reverse that order for me well, uh, oh, uh, that happened to uh, to us too. Uh, we uh, it's a, I never told you guys how like why we ended up in a building. Uh, it was it yeah. had to do it had to do with uh, really really crappy neighbors. So we had finally transitioned to a, an apartment. We we decided uh, this is like you know I don't know like. 12 years ago or whatever we're like we're gonna buy an apartment in uh and again it's it's in in we're in Gyeonggi, so the prices are in seoul what how much is an apartment like a 30 35 or 40 pyong apartment in in seoul is that a million dollars two million dollars it depends on if it's new or not but it's probably going to be about that and and something important to know is like buying those apartments especially buying them like when the buildings are first built is really really difficult it's like you're on a lottery exactly to, to be able to buy one um there so was even the if you have the money it, oh sorry it's difficult ahead. to be able to buy it no, even just, if you even it. if you have it right it's like uh you you right you have to there's just there's so much demand uh yeah that they, and it's they mostly it's not up. even people living there it's, it's mostly people buying it just to keep it just to sell it in a year once the rent once the, the price doubles it's an investment yeah and yeah. uh, and we, we, you know, we could go into all the government regulations that they're the way they try to stop that from happening. But it's so there. It, that's a whole other podcast, probably, um, you know, how the, the government. Uh, uh, but but anyway, uh, yeah. so we, we we built up our chance to the point where we finally had enough to to make a deposit and we finally purchased our own apartment. And uh, that was like a, a, a really uh, scary step, you know, because uh, but the difference was they were really uh, looking for people to, to buy. It was the opposite of the soul situation. It was, you know, it was more supply than demand. So uh, mm -hmm. we ended up getting a, a, a quite a good deal on it. You know, I think it was like uh, 40 Pyong for 280, something like that. Um, and we had a mortgage and everything like that. And, uh, and 
you know, we just, uh, we did what, you know, the, the other thing I think that's, that's weird between, I would say difference between like America and Korea is the, you know, in America, you got the 20 year mortgage, the 30 year mortgage, the 40 year mortgage. That's not Korean style. Um, I don't know, Kevin, what would you say is the average like mortgage for I have no idea. We were unable. I, I got turned down for every mortgage we had tried to apply for, for any any loan I tried to apply for. Oh, okay. So they, okay. they wouldn't they wouldn't like me as the foreigner. Uh, the <laughs> I I don't know how uh, I don't know how we we swung it. We we must have just barely gotten like to the threshold of like enough of a uh, down payment where you we were able to secure the loan. But it's not. It was very difficult because I was a foreigner. It wasn't uh, necessarily easy um yeah but, i was basically just like they, they looked at me they were like four and i'm like sorry no can do maybe my wife just told me to stay home that day she's like oh uh, you know uh single <laughs> woman for an apartment um but uh but but we were able to we were able to to, to buy out here and, and the only reason we were able to is because it's in gyeonggi and because they're you know the area was they're really trying to build up this area out here in pyeongtaek and uh and we lived there for a couple years but we, we lived on the 15th floor and on the 16th floor, I swear to God, it was like a family of, I don't know, vampires or something, because like literally at one o'clock in the morning, the little kids would wake up like that's when they got up. Their kids got up and they would run from one end of the apartment to the other. And it drove uh, my family insane. Like we to the point where I, you know, th there was like a couple of stories back uh, a few years ago where um, like people murdered their neighbors, the noisy neighbors. Do you guys remember that? <laughs> it's like there's like a couple of deaths. Arguments. Yeah, they like get in an argument like you're being too loud and it ends up in like a knife fight and somebody ends up dead, you know. Um, and I think uh, that became such a problem in Korea that uh they even made a law like you're not allowed to go up and knock on someone's door you have to call the security and then the security calls them and we tried this and we were just finally at wit's end and so we just decided like we got to get out of here we can't take it anymore and uh and and what happened was uh we got really lucky we started looking around this neighborhood right before uh this is like 10 years ago uh, right before it, it, the neighborhood started to grow. And there was a woman uh, who was really needed to sell her building. Like she was, uh, she had to give some money to her sister because they were buying another building somewhere else. And so she was, uh, she was really desperate and we didn't have the, the money, but we had the apartment. And so we're like, well, what if we gave you our apartment and then we took your mortgage and then we'll pay on your mortgage. You get you get to live in our building and then you can you, you get to live in our apartment. So it was one of the just craziest, like one in a million. You'll, you'll never that'll never happen again, you know, where you can yeah. actually trade. So, so that was a very bizarre uh, uh, situation uh, to, you know, to find ourselves in where we actually traded. So that that was how we ended up in a building. We really had no intention of doing it but we were our, our neighbors above kind of drove us out and uh it ended up being a good situation so i'm actually i should send them a thank you letter for uh being you know uh terrible people and uh so you know. your, your current 
current building how big is your current building so our current building is just a it's a villa you know three uh, stories high and uh we live on okay. the third floor and uh we've got i think nine unit uh, nine rental units uh in the okay. uh the other one it's mostly one rooms with a couple of two rooms um in okay. there but uh but are you know like the, uh they're all filled right now but there are times where they're not filled uh, a lot of a lot of buildings are being built in this area i mean it's always that's the uh you know the bane of the of the landlord's existence is like you're always worried about getting it filled so you're always uh trying to build relationships with budongsan people because they're the ones that have access to the tenants so you have to keep a good relationship with uh with those people and uh yeah so it's uh it, it's an interesting lifestyle you know it's 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 in, an interesting uh perspective um to you know i what, what we end up doing i think is is uh dropping the deposit down quite low so we we have people who are paying only a thousand dollar deposit and you know like 300 a month so that's most people could swing that you know like a thousand dollars now yeah, yeah. I mean, it's and I, I think, uh, you know, um, the only thing that you that I think like landlords worry about is, you know, what if somebody trashes it or whatever, if the damage is more than how, how long have you been managing that that property? So we've been managing this property for about nine years, uh, eight or nine yeah. years. Have so, you had maybe, maybe we could turn this into another episode be like like Jack's slumlord life story. Like, <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> The, the worst like, situation that ever yeah, happened was what's the worst this is this is this one was uh was pretty messed up um the the Budungsan said uh, we have just like uh, uh one one person uh, a cook from a restaurant uh what it ended up being was it was like it was like six or seven cooks these were people foreigners from other countries that were sleeping in shifts 12-hour shifts so you're talking like 10 people sleeping in a one a little tiny studio apartment like pencils you know pencils in a pencil case and in shifts and uh yeah and when i went in there cockroaches they brought the uh you know the 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 worst kind uh, the german ones you know those like kind of uh armored yeah yeah the jackboot uh no uh the little mustaches uh no it was uh they were, yeah, it was awful. And we had to call an exterminator and thank God it didn't go to like the next uh, room over and we got yeah, rid of that building. problem. But it was, I mean, when I walked in there after they left, like uh, when they were gone, I was like, that was, that so, was a, Jack, a crap I, I show. Think one thing that I really like about the system here is that it, it protects the, the renters generally, like in the States, you rent an apartment and, and it, it always seems like the apartment is trying to screw you out of your deposit in, in mm -hmm. any way possible mm -hmm. whereas here you're pretty much guaranteed to get your deposit back but yeah. in that case you got kind of screwed there is there any recourse like for the building owner that if the tenants are just they, they totally trash the place that you're able to keep some of the deposit or yeah in that case uh we my i think what my wife did was negotiate with the uh the restaurant that was uh you know that had the guys and they're like look you know it, this place is messed up uh, will you pay the, I think it was like $120 for the uh, uh, exterminator fee. And they're yeah, like, yeah, yeah, we'll pay it. Well. So, but you know, like a lot of negotiations in Korea, it's, it's like after the money has already been paid, then the negotiation starts. That's weird. Hmm. You know, like in America, it's yeah, like, I already got your no. money. So, you know, like piss off, man. <laughs> like you're, 
you're screwed. But here, there, there is still a room for negotiation after the money has already been uh, given. Uh, I think one of the biggest differences maybe between uh, back home and Korea is that you, there's no expectation for you to leave the place looking clean and nice. It's like, it's right, yeah. messed up when you when you get, get when you uh, leave and you look around and you're like, I'm out, you know. And when I left my apartment in Los Angeles, I had to literally scrub and clean. And I mean, I was going to lose parts of my deposit if that thing wasn't exactly the same. I mean, they told me flat out, if you don't leave this exactly the same as you came in, you're not getting that yeah. deposit back. Oh, yeah. And, I, I forgot my, my place in Songdo when I when I got this because this was a deal of a moment. Right. So I wasn't ready to leave the other other place. I mean, I was ready, like emotionally to leave. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I wasn't yeah. ready. It was my contract wasn't wasn't at the right, right place. So and I wanted this. So when I jumped ship, um, because my my another great example of, of the flexibility, putting down bigger, bigger money. So because I put down forty five thousand dollars and because my monthly rent was only one hundred fifty bucks, that's a subletting opportunity. So I made money. So I made money on the last half of my lease because I, I uh, subletted the apartment. Oh, that's um, awesome. Well, how much yeah. did you charge the, uh, the person subletting it? What did you charge them? So what? for the, for the deposit, I think, uh, I think it was more than a thousand. I feel like I, it was like a weird number. Like one, it was 1,000, I want to say 1,600. And then of that deposit, I allowed it to be used for the last month's rent also. Mm -hmm. And I think I was charging 600. So, um, God, I can't remember. But what I wanted to say about that wasn't just the, the economic benefit, which, mm -hmm. yeah, so there's a good example. If you put down bigger cash, you can start subletting to people that don't have the bigger cash. Uh, and it gives you the flexibility. If you want to move, you can easily, in a city of, you know, tens of millions of people, you can find somebody to, to fill it. The girl that, that moved in uh, came as a recommended recommendation from a friend and vetted whatever, and so I had no, no worries about her. And very nice girl. I had stopped by there a couple of times so that she had some issues. Uh, it seemed like the, the burner was broken or something we had to fix. So I got to peek in and see she's taking care of the place. You know, she treated the place nice. I mean, how yeah, much yeah. can you screw up a small apartment? But I mean, you can. And um, so in the final time that I'm going to see her, we settle up everything. And then it's like, all right, so tomorrow you're going to be out. She's like, yeah, cool. And I had, um, oh, this couch behind me. This is a pull-out bed thing. I had that in that apartment. So now I'm just using it for a couch here in the studio. But it was, uh, that was the bed in that place. And she had bought it from me. And then I bought it back from her. She didn't <laughs> want yeah. So it came, it came over here. So I had to go and pick it up. So I'm going back there the day after she's left and we had i told you this has been a great relationship she's taking care of the place it's everything's groovy uh we, we return you know the, the remainder of the funds that i had to give to her she you know everything bills settled we're happy uh, i had a prorate you know the utilities everything's fine and uh i go into the apartment like there's half a box of cereal the refrigerator is still filled with food uh, like yeah. She left all of her soaps. Like it was just kind of like there's a frying pan on the stove. I'm like, 
okay. <laughs> no, like, no, like that's all. That's all that. good. That's all good uh, for us. Like uh, we just hire, you know, you hire a cleaning person to come in, and they just either they take the stuff that they like, uh, <laughs> or and the, whatever they don't like, they just chuck in a garbage bag, and and that's part of the that's part of the uh, agreement is that uh, there will be, you know, you have to pay a cleaner to come in. Um, usually, I don't know about that situation that you're talking about, but I think usually uh, landlords will just pay a cleaning company to come in and clean it up so that it's ready for the next person to look at it. So, and I, I know, I know this, yeah, I knew yeah, this. Yeah, yeah. I mean, when I went, when I went looking at so many apartments over the years here, when you go into these apartments, they're always effed up, you know? So it's not, um, it's not surprising. I mean, I've been to apartments where there's like dirt on the floor, you know, it's like, it's, it's obvious. Like, and they're like, Oh yeah, yeah. It'll be clean before you move in. It's like, yeah, somebody left it like this. So <laughs> I know that, but I still had the, the impulse. Like, so that girl, she leaves. Was she American? The- uh, no, no. Oh, okay. Uh, okay. So I'm, I'm, I'm the, I'm subletting. So I still have to seal the deal finality with the owner i still cleaned the whole place it's your midwestern sensibility man like it, you cannot it feels weird you like, take it's the, not, it wasn't like i want to be the good guy i'm not doing it for her i'm doing it because i don't want someone to see my shit you know it's you take like, the guy out of wisconsin but you can't take the wisconsin out of the guy <laughs> man i i know that impulse of like you know i i can't i just can't do it this way you know, even though it was totally kosher if you had left it all messed up, you just couldn't do it. Yeah. That's funny. I, I understand. Yeah. I understand that. I understand that. <laughs> yeah. How, how much, how, what's the turnover like in your apartment? Um, so uh, I would say, you know, the, the best case scenario is you want someone to stay for a year, but you know, do people, people stay, people sign six month contracts, uh, people sign one year contracts, um, but, uh, it's rare that you get someone to stay for like, uh, you know, five years or something like that. Uh, we did have one woman who lived here for about seven or eight years. Um, and that was, you know, she was just kind of like a fixture, like she just, and, and then they finally left and, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's always, a it's a rat race, man. You know, you're just going to Budong San and you're trying to, you know, we got this person leaving at this time. Do you have anybody? No, we don't have anyone. Um, and, and so it, it lays dormant for a while. And, and uh, you know, it's just, uh, yeah, it, it can get frustrating in those times where you have empty rooms for longer periods of time. And then all of a sudden you get a, there's a, a, a kind of, all of a sudden you fill up, you know, and uh, mm-hmm. it's, it's just, uh, yeah, it's a weird, it's just, it's just luck and timing. And, and I, I would say that's, that's, uh, you know, what uh, from a landlord's perspective is what we're, you know, dealing with. But uh, as long as you treat people, you know, you, you, you got to fix stuff when it's broken. You got to you got to be you got to be honest about it. You know, like, uh, you know, if, if something is not working, get it fixed, uh, call a handyman. Um, and I, I've had good experiences in my history with with, uh, uh, you know, dealing with landlords. I don't know if you guys have uh, any bad experiences. All you know, good. It's all, all good. good. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Okay. Up and down. Uh, yeah. Anyway, because I know some uh, people have had bad experiences, but, uh, you know, um, that's that's true everywhere. That's kind of a universal thing, I think. Just. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, all right, man, that was uh, we, we did it. Uh, 
<laughs> talked about the real estate. I, I, I don't know how uh, illuminating or uh, elucidating that was for uh, our listeners. I hope it was helpful for those who uh, kind of have no idea how the, the system works over here. But, uh, you know, thanks for joining us on the patch tonight. Um, you know, uh, if you want to find us, you can uh, hit, you know, go to uh, all the big platforms. We're on uh, Stitcher. Um, you can go to our uh, homepage, which is uh, the Soul Patch. Uh, uh, sorry, the Soul Patch dot com. Uh, S E O U L uh, Patch dot com, and you can uh, download everything on there. Apple. Uh, we're on Stitcher. We're on Spotify. We're on uh, TuneIn. Uh, if you want to watch us on YouTube, you go to the YouTube channel and, uh, you know, hit subscribe. We need more subs and uh, you can uh, like the video if you enjoyed it. And uh, the, the really big thing is if you can give us a review on uh, Apple Podcasts, that will really help us out. And uh, we're always waiting for uh, email from a listener. Uh, hit us up at uh, the soul patch at gmail.com. Sorry, the soul patch at gmail.com so uh shoot us an email and uh yeah uh thanks ryan kev thanks guys have a good night yeah uh we'll see you next week on the patch thanks everybody bye-bye i'd like to pay a couple respects to the people that made me what i am today what i am today gear this all my love the quiet man. It's all my love. 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 It's